Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Bill Telephone Education Series. Dr. Bill Takeshita is a renowned fellow of the American Academy of Optometry and College of Optometrists in Vision Development and serves as Consulting Director of Low Vision Training here at Braille Institute. Dr. Takeshita has lectured extensively across the country on the topics of pediatric eye conditions and low vision rehabilitation. The Dr. Bill Telephone Series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairment. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation, but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. Today's topic is when to introduce your child to assistive technology. Thank you, Dr. Bill, and thank you, Ayers LA and Dr. And, and Dick Burden for recording this program. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Sue. And uh, okay. I just would like to say a few words here, though. I'd like to dedicate this particular lecture this evening to Sue Parker Strafasi, who is the director of the Child Development Program at Braille. And for 32 years, she has been helping children with low vision at the Braille Institute, and she has put on this podcast series for us where we've been able to share this information with people throughout the world. And uh, it's bittersweet, but we're, we're happy for her because at the end of this month, she will be retiring and traveling and seeing the world with her husband, Sam. And so... Sue, I, I hope you guys just have a great time. I want to thank you for everything that you've done for all the families and myself here. And uh, we're going to have you come back, though. We're going to have you come back and interview you, okay? Okay. I, well, I, I, not right now, though, because I'll be, I'll be, I'm crying. <laughs> I can't do that. You know? But, no, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Bill. That's really very, very sweet. But. We have. I know you have so much to share with us tonight, and I just want to. But, but again, I, I extend my gratitude to all of you, and it's been it's been just been such an incredible um, experience being able to get to know so many families, and um, it's just been a privilege. So thank you, and all the people I've been had the pleasure of working with. So thank you again so much. Well, we're we're gonna miss you, but just remember, uh, we love you. So. Anytime you want to come back, <laughs> you can come on these podcasts. Okay. All right. Don't hold me to that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's great. Okay. Well, this evening we're going to talk about when to introduce adaptive or assistive technology to children with low vision. And today we are really in the best time ever to have a child, or to be visually impaired yourself. And the reason for that is that the advances in medical and electronic technology is just leading to many new discoveries of treatments that could improve the vision of children and adults who have vision problems. And we're also finding that there are more and more developments of tools and assistive technology that could help children and adults with low vision to do the things that they want to do. I have a hard time believing some of these things as time goes by so quickly, but it was the end of 2003 when I started to lose my vision and I was forced to retire. And at that time in 2003, 
I still had young children, and my wife and I, we we were struggling to keep everything going with the family and struggling to make money to pay all the bills and so on and so forth. And one of the things that I was so frustrated with is I knew that at that time it was about 80% of adults with vision problems were unemployed. And I knew that statistic so well because I was writing different reports and grants, applications and such. And I said, why is it that people who have low vision or who are blind aren't employed? And part of it was the fact that there's so many things that we do in our lives today that do require vision. And for many people, they also stated that they weren't able to keep jobs easily because it was too hard to get to and from work. They lived in areas that there weren't buses or other types of mass transit. But now I look at what it's like today in 2017. And with the technology, things are so different. We see patients of mine who are legally blind. Some of them are even totally blind, and they are getting jobs. They're becoming lawyers, psychologists, teachers, counselors, musicians, all sorts of different professions, and they are earning a good living. We also now know that there's transportation. We have train lines and subways, and we now even have Lyft and Uber. So no matter where you are, you can get a ride to work, and it'll take you home from work without any type of difficulty. We have all of these new cell phones, like the iPhones and the Android phones, where I could just press a button and I could tell it to open up my Lyft application so I could get a ride home. And even better yet, we have self-driving cars. Self-driving cars are actually being used now here in Los Angeles. And what that's going to mean is that within, I would say, five to seven years, people like myself who are totally blind, I could have my own car and it will be a self-driving car where I could just tell it where to go and it will get me there. So there's many, many technological developments that are here now. And these are technological developments that will help the children who do have low vision. It's kind of a coincidence today. I just received a call, and this was a call from a, a, a young man, and he told me his name was Ryan. And I asked him, wait, what's your last name? And he told me his last name. I said, Ryan, I I remember you. You were about three years old when I saw you. And he says, yes, yes, I'm now 18 years old. And my mom told me that I started coming to your office when I was about three years old. So that really coincides about with the time that I started to lose my vision and then retired. But he told me that he is now 18 years old, and he graduated from Temple High School with honors. And during that whole time, 
he said that he used all of this type of assistive technology where he could read and write and do his homework and all of these things. But unfortunately for him, he has a condition which is a cancerous condition, and the cancer has affected his lungs. So when he graduated, he then applied to get this type of equipment from the Department of Rehabilitation, and they denied him this because they felt with his lung cancer, he probably won't be able to get a job. And they even told him, you may not even live that long. And so he was just really, really devastated with this. And he says, well, I still would like to be able to see and to read and to learn. I want to do research myself to find out what types of treatments that might help me with my cancer and such. So he actually asked me if I could find him some assistive technology that he could use at his home, and we're going to help him with that. So overall... This is just to try to paint a picture that assistive technology, it is extremely, extremely advanced, and it is something that children should be introduced to as early as possible. That's right. I said as early as possible. Now, when we think about how can assistive technology help a child, The first step is that with a newborn child or any child that is the, you know, under, under the age of five years, this is a time period from zero to five that the visual centers in the brain develop. So what we mean by that is that there are millions of little nerve fibers that develop in the brain and they connect to each other during this time period. And those are all the neural connections that are involved with the process of vision. If you think about the brain, the brain itself is fairly large. But did you know that two-thirds of the brain, two-thirds of the brain is involved in the process of vision? So when a baby is born, this is all babies, any baby that's born, the connections within the brain that are responsible for vision, they are not developed. Only some of these connections are developed. And when a baby is born, they could only see black and white. They could only see at a distance of 8 to 16 inches. And a baby does not understand what they see. When you put your face in front of your baby and you look at your baby for the first time, your child has no clue who you are or what you are. When you show the baby toys, the baby has no clue of what these toys are. If you give a baby a bottle of milk, at first the baby doesn't know what it is. But with time the brain develops these connections and it develops visual memory. It remembers that that face is mommy's face and it begins to recognize mommy's voice. You show it the bottle of milk and the baby remembers that this is something that I can drink. And when it looks at other toys, it remembers these are things that I could play with. So, 
we then ask the question, how is it that vision develops in the brain? How is it that these connections develop in these brain cells? Well, the way that these connections do develop is through visual experience. Visual experience. If you show a baby your face, or you show a baby a baby bottle, or you show a baby a colorful blanket, when the eyes see that information, it sends signals to the brain, and the brain starts sending electrical signals to different regions of the brain. When these electrical signals are sent, it helps to make connections between two nerves, and these are called dendritic spines. So, the more frequently that your child sees different objects or images, more of these dendritic spines create in the brain, and this is how the brain is able to process and to see better. What we know from some of the different types of experiments, we have also found that if you were to take an animal and at birth, you suture the animal's eyelids closed so that the eyelids cannot open and no visual information gets into the eyes of these animals. And then months later, if you unsuture their eyes so that they can see these objects, we find that these animals are blind. They cannot see these objects. They cannot see these people. They cannot see these items. And if you examine the eyes themselves, the eyes are perfectly healthy. So what this tells us is that the problem in these situations is that the brain did not receive the electrical stimulation, so these connections within the brain did not develop. Well, if you then take these blind animals and then you put them in front of pictures and colors and toys and other objects, these animals then begin to develop the ability to see. In other words, they go from being blind to being able to develop vision. And that's because the brain received that type of visual stimulation. You know, today... The leading cause of vision impairment that we see among children today is a condition in which there's absolutely nothing wrong with the eyes, but there's something different about the brain. This is called cortical vision impairment. And with children with cortical vision impairment, we have done the same thing where we have stimulated the child's vision by putting toys, colorful blankets, patterns, pictures, all sorts of different objects in front of the child or in the child's room or in the child's play area so that the brain will receive stimulation. And this helps to create more connections within the different regions of the brain. And we're very, very excited to say that these children do develop higher levels of vision. So the point here is that we can use the assistive technology in the early years of life of children 
And this doesn't matter if a child has perfect vision or if a child has low vision. All children will benefit from receiving this type of visual stimulation. So you might say, what kind of adaptive technology or assistive technology can I buy? Well, you don't have to even buy expensive things. One of the things that we find to be extremely helpful, though, is the iPad. Many of you are familiar with Apple, and they make the iPods and the iPhone. Well, they also have the iPad. And these are flat computer screen devices, and they're very thin, and they're very, very effective. There are so many things that you could do with these iPads. You could download movies, and you could watch movies on it. You could download music, and you can listen to music. You could also download many types of photographs and other pictures there. And with all of these particular types of things in the iPad, it's something that you could use for stimulating your baby's vision. Now, one of the things that we know in terms of with visual science is the way to stimulate the connection of these cells and neurons in the brain is to provide stimulation. Now, if we were to keep your baby in a room that was just painted white, let's say you got white walls, white floor, white carpet, it would be a bright room, but there's no patterns. There's no shapes. There's no colors. So the child doesn't receive that type of stimulation and those pathways do not develop. So you want to present different colors and shapes and patterns within a distance that's going to be appropriate for your child's level of vision. Normally speaking, we would say presenting it at about 16 inches away is a good distance. Now what's really nice about the iPad is that it is something that you could hold and while you're holding it, you could move it so that your baby will try to follow it by moving his or her head to follow it. And you move it to a different location, and he or she moves his head to a different location. And as time goes on, you will then see that your child begins to follow it just by moving the eyes. By moving the eyes alone, we now know that we have developed a pathway such that the child is able to pursue or follow it. And later with time, we will see that the baby will scan and the baby will shift the eye from one location to another. And this is what's called a saccadic eye movement. So you can put all sorts of different things in the Apple iPad and it will be very stimulating. You could also turn on music at the same time so that the child is learning how to process both visual and auditory information at the same time. In other words, your child is learning to see and hear at the same time. And you could do these types of activities at different times of the day. When you wake up your baby and the baby's in the crib, you could turn on the iPad for a little while, and you could let the baby look at that. Or at different times, maybe it's time that you're going to be 
feeding the baby. And after your baby has finished eating, you could then do a little bit of visual stimulation. It might be that you're even at a restaurant. You could take the iPad with you. And so that the baby's not getting fussy and crying as you're waiting for your dinner, you could actually stimulate the baby by using the iPad. So the iPad is something that you could use throughout the day, and you could use it for longer and longer periods of time. Now, what types of things can you do with the iPad to begin the stimulation? Well, there's one thing that you can do is you could take pictures with the iPad. You could take pictures of anything that you have in the home that you think is very interesting to look at. If it has black and white patterns, maybe it's a pattern of black and white checkerboard squares. Maybe it's a a bowl of fruit and you have different colored fruit. Maybe you have different shapes and symbols. You might go to a fabric store and you see all of these different fabrics. Just take pictures of those designs and put them inside your iPad. And what you could then do is you could then do a slideshow. It's just like you're going to show all the pictures you have, but in this case, all the pictures you have will be these visually stimulating patterns. So every three seconds or so, the picture will change automatically, and your child will become aroused, wondering, hey, how did the picture change? We also know that for children especially children who have cortical vision impairment and many children with autism or children who weren't breathing well, they were are able to use their vision better when we have changing objects. In other words, if you keep the same picture there all day, they're going to become bored with it. But if you have changing pictures and changing patterns, they look at it much more effectively. Similarly, If you have things that are moving and spinning and turning, they like those sorts of things too. So, number one, you could take pictures with your iPad and create a slideshow. You may have different slideshows. One might just be the faces of different people. Others might be different types of colors. Others might be different geometric shapes. But all of these kinds of activities, they do promote those connections in the brain called the dendritic spines, which helps promote the development of vision. You could also find other types of books. There's a book that's called the Vision Stimulation Book, and maybe that is something that your consultant, if you have a teacher for the visually impaired, might have this book. But it's a very basic book. It's about 8.5 by 14 inches, and it just has patterns, different black and white patterns, which are intended to develop the vision. You could also go on the internet, and with the iPad, there are so many applications. Many of these applications are free. Some of them, they cost a dollar, and there's many, many things that you could do with these. One of the websites that you can go to is called wonderbaby.org. That's www.wonderbaby.org. And they just have all sorts of applications that you can purchase or download for free. Some of these 
are really, really good because they have music coming from it. Others will integrate the touch screen. So when your child sees an apple or an orange on the screen, they could touch it, and it's going to make a funny noise and vibrate and disappear. And then another fruit or another object will come up, and they try to touch it. It'll vibrate, shake, and it disappears. So this is the way that the child learns to develop eye-hand coordination, which is very, very, very important. Another great website where you could find other of these types of applications is www.path, that's P-A-T-H, to T-O literacy, L-I-T-E-R-A-C-Y dot org. So they also have many of these different types of applications that you could use, and this really helps the child as we develop the vision during the early stages of life. Now, another thing that's really helpful about the iPad is that there's other things that you could do with the iPad as well. The iPads have a connector where you could connect it to your television. And if you have a television and you want your child to begin to learn to focus farther than 16 inches, you could put these images up on the big screen TV. And this is a way that your child learns to focus and develop visual attention as a child is looking at things that are further. You may also find that when you do project it on the screen, your child might start crawling towards it or wanting to walk towards it because your child wants to touch and interact with it. So this is something that's a very, very visually stimulating incentive for the child to crawl, uh, stand, and even walk. As a child gets older, you could also use your iPad where there are other types of video games to play and also for touching and typing. So a child could learn to touch type, begin to learn the alphabet. With these particular types of programs, too, when they are pressing a specific letter, it will say the letter out loud. So this is a way that the child could learn how to type, and learn the alphabet. Now, there's other types of assistive technology that's also very helpful, and these are called video magnifiers, also known as closed-circuit televisions. Now, with a closed-circuit television, many of you may have seen them, but what they basically consist of is a computer screen. They range in size between 19 inches and 25 inches, And underneath the computer screen is a very small camera. So you could press the button and turn on the CCTV, and you could place whatever it is that you want to look at underneath that camera. And what the CCTV will do is it will display it on the screen, and the child is then able to magnify these. The child could change the brightness, change the color, change the level of magnification, And for many children who have low vision, they will never look at books. You could show them books that are picture books and they never look at it. Part of the reason is that 
it may be that it is too small or it's not bright enough, but when you put it underneath the closed-circuit television, everything will become brighter, and everything could be enlarged up to 95 times larger. So this is something that is very helpful to use with kids probably as they're about two and a half years and up. With this, they can actually look and see the details of their fingers. We could put things underneath the CCTV, such as Cheerios, and let them grab their food by seeing it on the screen, and then they can eat it. We let them look at pictures, picture books, where they could then change the pages and turn the pages and see what's going on there, and you might even read the book so they understand what is going on as they see the pictures and they hear your voice. When kids are at this age also, we could then begin to teach them how to match. It's very important that they learn how to identify objects and shapes and to know if it's identical or not. So what you can do is you could use different types of blocks. Some people will use blocks that they have, those wooden blocks. Other people may go out there and buy different types of plastic blocks. Uh, any type of block is very, very effective. But with these different shapes, what you want to do is you want to take out a shape. Let's say that it's a circle. Put it underneath the closed circuit television so the child could feel the circle and then see it what it looks like on the large screen. And then you want the child to then try to find another circle and superimpose it right on top of it. This is the way they begin to learn to name their shapes and they learn to match them. It's very important that they understand how to match things because if they don't understand this level of matching, it becomes very difficult as they're learning the alphabet. They might think that these things look alike, but they really aren't. Once a child could match with the basic shapes, such as a circle, square, or triangle, you could then get a little bit more complex, and you could buy blocks that are called tangram blocks. Tangram blocks, T-A-N-G-R-A-M blocks. And these are available at Lakeshore stores where you could buy them online but they have other shapes, and so it forces the child to pay even more visual attention. You could also use the CCTVs when the kids are young to develop their eye-finger coordination. You could allow them to use LightBright, that game LightBright, where they take colored pegs and they put them inside specific holes, and then it creates a picture. This is a way that the child could develop that type of accurate eye-hand coordination. Teach the child to hold the peg between the index finger and the thumb, and this will be a precursor for teaching the child how to hold a pencil for writing. So the closed-circuit television is also another very, very effective type of device. There's also portable closed-circuit televisions. These are magnifiers that are, again, electronic, and so they can magnify things and allow the child to see things when the child is not at home. If you're at the grocery store, maybe at the library, 
Or maybe the child is sitting in the car where you're going for your ride. The child is then able to look at books and toys and other items when they're using this type of a video magnifier. Now, there's other types of assistive technology that might be uh, ready for a child who is five. And at that time, we could say that a desktop or a laptop computer could be very helpful. As a child is beginning to do more educational things at school, the computer is going to be very helpful. For one reason is that these types of educational programs that you could buy and use on the computer are going to be much easier for the child to see as compared to if you buy these workbooks. With the workbooks, we can't enlarge or magnify things very easily. We could put it underneath the closed-circuit television and see it, but it gets a little bit more work and a little bit more fun for the child if we're using the computer. Now, if you're using a Windows computer, there are software programs that you can purchase that will magnify whatever is on the screen. You could change the colors of the background and the foreground. And these will also read things aloud to you. The one that is most popular is by Freedom Scientific, also now known as the Victor F. Frank O. Opera, VFO. And the program is Zoom Text JAWS, J-A-W-S, Fusion. So in other words... We now have it so that we can have the speech and the magnification all in one software program. So your child will be able to surf the Internet, play these educational games. They could write homework, and they'll be able to read stories or listen to stories without any type of difficulty. Now, another option is to purchase Macintosh computers. With Macintosh computers, Macintosh includes in their computers a screen magnifier and a voice output reader. So, in other words, with the Macintosh computers, you don't have to go out and buy something like the Zoom Text JAWS Fusion. These software programs do come built in within the program itself. It's inside the Macintosh computers. So a lot of people say, well, you know what? Maybe I should just buy a Mac computer because all that's included. Well, the price differential probably is no different, though, because the Macintosh computers are about $1,000 or more expensive than a Windows-based computer. But I think it would be dependent on what the school system recommends. If the school is using Apple Macintosh computers, then I would reckon that. If they are using Windows computers, then I would recommend the Windows computers, and you would then simply purchase the ZoomText JAWS Fusion software program. There's also other types of things that are available as well. There are scanning programs where you can buy a scanner, and a software program, and with this particular type of software program, 
you could scan books very, very quickly. So if your child has to read books, your child might say, you know, I just feel like scanning it and reading it on my computer because I could make it bigger on my computer, or if I get tired, I could just listen to it on my computer. So with these particular types of software programs for the scanning, it is something that's very, very helpful. Examples of these particular types of programs are OpenBook, and that works very well for the Windows-based computers, and there's also Kurzweil, K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L. And the last thing, you know, as most parents, when their kids go to school, they don't want their kids to be without their phone. So there are really incredible adaptive technology that will be used on phones. Whether you get the iPhone or, or you get a Samsung Android phone, a person who is even totally blind could do whatever it is that they want to do with these phones. It is very quick, very easy to learn to use. But, for example, if I had a book and I didn't have my computer with me, I could simply take a picture with it with my Apple iPhone, and it will read the page aloud for me. I could take videos if I'm in a lecture, and I could see the demonstration, what the teacher has done on the board. I could record notes. I could do all sorts of things with these particular types of phones. So all in all, what we know is that there are so many pieces of adaptive technology that are currently available that will help your child at any age. The latest thing that's coming out now are special types of glasses, and these are video glasses, kind of like virtual reality glasses, so that when a person looks through these glasses, it automatically magnifies everything for that person to see. If you talk to it and you tell it to open the Internet, it will then open the Internet and you will see the Internet screen. If you want to, you could have it read it for you aloud. If you want to, you could have it go and do shopping for you. It is truly amazing what these types of video glasses could do. So I would say that for some of you who have children who are a bit older, maybe older than 10, then these types of video glasses would be very, very helpful. So at this time, what I'd like to do is I would like to go ahead and open it up to any questions that any of you may have. And to unmute your phone, go ahead and press star 6. And if you have any questions regarding any kind of technology or any games or anything for that matter, uh, please feel free to ask. Okay? Does anybody have any questions out there? Okay. Well, wow. I mean, you covered it so beautifully, Dr. Bill, as usual. I always amaze how just this information just kind of rolls off your tongue. It's at your fingertips, you know. <laughs> oh, that's so nice of you to say. Thanks. No, it's true. It's just, it's just, gosh, it's, just, it's, yeah, we're, 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 we're so lucky. We're like so lucky to have you as our, 
as you know, on these for these podcasts and for these lectures. Thank you so much. Oh well, thank you, Sue, for you know coming up with the idea that we'll have these podcasts and make them available to people throughout the world. And again, if anybody mm-hmm. has any questions about this type of assistive technology, uh, you could email me, and my email is Dr. Bill Foundation as D-R-B-I-L-L foundation at gmail.com. And uh, again, Sue, I just want to thank you for everything that you've done for us, and uh, we, we all just have to keep in touch, okay? Yes, absolutely. We will. We will for sure. And thank you. And I want to thank Airs LA for um, always being so so gracious in recording these programs. So thank you for doing that, Dick, tonight. And now Joe and Sun in the past. So we're just really, really grateful for, grateful to you too as well. And we will be on break for a few months, and um, we'll be back in touch with all of you. We'll send out email notices when we're ready to start the new program. And I look forward to hearing, calling in myself for those calls, Dr. Okay. Neal. <laughs> okay, great. Be on okay. the other end. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>